Okay, so this is the official first pod, I guess. We did a couple of practice pods. We've done a pod with with Kyle. Uh, shout out to Kyle because he's an absolute legend from you, um, Pivotal, um, who's you know sort of mentored us through this whole process of setting up a pod. Um, we did a couple of practice ones, and they were, uh, as I said it before to you, a dry piece of wheat mix <laughs> without any milk. I mean, everyone knows what that's like. Uh, so we'll just keep on improving and see how, how we go here. So um, I guess this is the unofficial ep one. Whether it becomes official, you will be hearing it. Whether it's live, uh, it, it's become official. So I believe. I believe. I believe it'll be official. I believe in us. Yep. I like that jumper on you as well. Thank you very much. I just picked it out then. I thought, you know what? Let's give the people a sneak peek. Red's your color, mate. Thank you. Thank you. Well, um, I reckon, I hope, I hope this goes well. Yeah. And I... I think we just need to be natural. Yeah, we just do. We just do. Just do things. We just do. Know? If this podcast is anything, it should be a representation of what we are what we're about. We like to have fun. Yeah. We um obviously want to make this collaborative and um be ourselves. Yeah, exactly right. And hopefully not swear too much because we do like to swear. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Uh, I guess uh we'll just go through our um our sort of history, but first, I, I think we should touch on why we're starting the podcast. Yes, I, mean, yeah. um, I know we both have have reasons for it. Um, if we want to just jump straight into that, yeah. Well, for me, uh, for both of us, I think it's just uh, the the easiest way to be able to share uh, our insights and our stories, uh, our, our experiences along the way, and um, hopefully, hopefully, make this a consistent thing. So then, you know, we can continue to uh, keep a running dialogue to people wanting to listen our mm, that's a good uh, point customers or even people that just enjoy uh, being a part of something fun and yeah. i hope i hope we are because we do think that everyone around the office and everyone a part of us uh, a part of this journey is enjoying it and yeah. we enjoy it every single day so hopefully we can you know give people a little you know slither of that when we uh what we're like in the business. What yeah, we're exactly. Like. And also uh, something you touched on there is documenting. We've been yeah, so we shit at documenting the history of EE. And as, as you'll probably hear in the next few bits, we'll be glossing over stuff that we should have been, you know, documenting. So uh, that's another big thing. Big My things happen and we've just get gotten started, you know, with the brand and stuff like that. So this is another way and another outlet to, to actually, you know, uh, you know, say, talk about our mm. ideas and, and, make sure there's a record of it rather than just, you know, talking and then things happen and then mm. what did we do two years ago? You know what I mean? Well, currently my best form of documentation is Snapchat memories. Yeah. And uh, that's really only for my own private eyes. So maybe we just start slowly releasing those things, <laughs> you know? Yeah, well, I mean, if anything's valuable from Snapchat memories over, you know, today's video, we can sort of stitch it above and, you know, show a video on, on Instagram. Well, we've definitely got a lot of memories in our OG, uh, Kennard's warehouse storage, 60 square meter spot. Yeah. There's yep. a lot of, uh, a lot of memories there, but yeah, I, I think 100% the, this first episode specifically will be focusing, uh, on the story and like what we've, you know, the story of me and you and the story of elite 11 and some history and maybe some, uh, some unique experiences. Uh, and then if, you know, obviously we're not going to be able to cover everything in no chance just under an hour but uh, you know hopefully if people want to listen more we can we can definitely elaborate on certain things so did you want to yeah i just want to quickly touch on stuff that we'll be potentially be talking about on this podcast obviously business health and wellness um general current affairs stuff to a certain extent i.e sports um what's going on specifically in australia uh, we'll touch on some macro macro sort of stuff, macroeconomics. Like I know we're both around like history and macroeconomics as well. And we yes, can we sort are. of give our, give our input on, on that sort of stuff. Um, but yeah, also giving you a, uh, as a listener, a snapshot of, you know, what EE is like specifically behind the scenes. Yep. I mean, uh, um, a lot of stuff goes on and there's a lot of beautiful people behind there that, you know, do such amazing things and, and push the brand forward. So giving our thoughts on on how we are constantly progressing that's another main you know part of the podcast i guess yeah, i think that's us i think that that represents us quite well and we've said it plenty of times that we will let this podcast uh 
take us in whatever direction it it requires so if people like a certain thing you know we'll give them more of that and, and if that's, exactly right. that's working because i feel like yeah we'll enjoy this this process and we, we've enjoyed it setting it up so if we're uh, not enjoying it wait. we're not doing it <laughs> that's the that's my that's go. my pact yeah. But right now, it seems really exciting. It's obviously almost a, a new whole project in itself. So I'm, I'm super excited about the future. But let's just get on to our history. All right. Where do you, we begin? You, from, were, you were born. From the beginning. <laughs> you were born. Yes, I was give born. Me, give me where... Uh, you'd say where you were born and I'll, I'll tell you where I was born. Or well, I was born at... Fuck, I actually... Now that you've said this, I actually forget. I, I think I've got this. I right. was born. What? I was born uh, <laughs> on the 12th of May in a year. I'm 27 years old and I was born at Freemasons Hospital in Melbourne. Ah, uh, yes. And I was born on the 15th of May, three days after you at the Freemasons. So there you go. Yeah, I don't it's, know weird, you- it's weird how fate happens like that. But I guess we sort of crossed over in hospital when we were zero years old. Uh, and, you know, maybe our, our parents crossed paths in the, in the halls of the hospital. Who knows? Shout out to, to mums and dads out there for you know love you, mom, hooking love up you, this relationship because uh, it's, it's been an awesome ride but yeah start, starting from zero years old uh we sort of had that unknown connection up until <laughs> a couple of years ago uh and then we obviously you know started school together from the age of five or four or five or whatever that was so um basically we've been best friends since we were five years old known each other forever and then i think when in my opinion when we really you know became that covalent bond that we are right now is when we both decided we were going to re- really pursue sports uh the athletic pursuit of excellence and, and make sure that we were constantly training and stuff and, and giving our best in the um in the sports arena i played hockey you played soccer and from like what do you reckon like 14 years old we were just constantly just yeah we were training just training together, together. I think it was training, training together. We Which had, is weird because we weren't playing, playing the same sport. No, but I think that what we liked is both of us had that drive. You know, we both wanted to be excel uh, in it and we both, uh, I think we motivated each other. Uh, and I think that's one of the biggest reasons of uh, our success. And uh, it's a lesson that, you know, hopefully other people can take from that is just, you know, if you find someone to uh, enjoy the journey with you and, and go through the high, highs and lows, you're going to be really, uh, it's easier. Mm. Um Definitely. Just as an aside to that, there's that old adage of uh, you are the sum of the five people you hang around with. And, you know, I would say we're very similar because we've been hanging around basically our whole lives. And I feel like we're we're a sum of our um, our five, you know, closest people as well. So, no, it's been it's been an awesome journey from when we were younger. And I guess like that leads us up to proper high school. Yeah. Oh, on that that point, actually, the... (laughs) probably should have covered this at the start but yeah. the the actual name of the podcast save oh, me a fuck. seat we should have covered this at the yeah. very start but it came from uh us catching the bus together before and after school and you know saving each other a seat so save me a people uh save me a seat podcast came from you know ben calling me and be like wait make sure you save me a seat bro yep and uh here we are that's the name it, it, was, pro- it was probably a text on one of those probably i think i had a sony ericsson phone and it was you know when you would dialing the numbers and stuff. Motorola like Razor. Yeah, you had the Razor. The Razor. There you go. Uh, um, so yeah, that's that's where the podcast stems from. And and I feel like the, the reason why we've sort of named it that is because we had so many ideas and we used to spitball all the time on the bus home and on the bus on the way to school. Uh, and it used to be such a good time to just talk and talk with our mates about like, oh, we should do this. We should do that. We should have fun. Um, I remember us talking about starting a gym together, starting a PT thing together, starting a freaking Powerade drink company together. Um, and we may all at the end of the day still do those things in the future, who knows, but all those sort of ideas that we talked about, uh, I feel like they evolved and blossomed into where we are today exactly. as, as sort of like business partners and, and, and lifelong friends. So that's why we named the podcast Save Me A Seat, I guess. Yep. Yep. I agree. It was that connection that kind of, that led us uh to elite 11 really and i i remember to the date uh when you actually came forward and showed me the uh the beautiful logo that everyone sees today uh with just the idea of you know elite 11 apparel and back then elite 11 uh the idea is so different to what it's actually developed to um and there's been several different forms of elite 11 through our time together from 2014 inception 
as just, you know, going along, doing some wholesale gigs, trying to, you know, sell to some soccer, uh, soccer gear, um, basketball, all that sort of stuff into uh, see what, what people see today. So uh, that, that, that story is a, is a long story and definitely one that we can get into more detail. But from that, let's just start from 2014 when we actually uh, launched the, the business. What do you think? What do you reckon? What do you think your objective or your vision of Elite 11 was when we first started? Yeah, so 2014 rolls around a year out of school and we're sort of scheming and we already had, I think we had the name and we had registered a business and stuff like that. We didn't actually know what the business would be and what it would become, but it, fr- from my point of view, it was more focused around athletic yeah. wear, performance wear, and then more so even teams. You know, we wanted to be, you know, soccer kits, uh, footy kits, stuff like that which would then evolve into Nike. So like, I, I guess w- what the, if you zoom out the, the, the reasoning behind that is there's multiple pathways to get to a position of success in the, um, in the brand sort of iconic brand industry. And that was one way that we thought was uh, probably, I don't know, most simple or we, we, we connected with the most, obviously we were running together, doing all that t- sort of stuff. So, the first products we were bringing out were all performance-based products. Mm. Um, so that's that's where we were to start with, but where we evolved to was obviously in the same genre. Yeah. Um, just a little bit of a different angle. I mean, was it 2014 or 2015 when we started uh, actually supplying some of the local... Uh, 2014 is... The, 2014, the, we didn't do anything. It was just it was, scheming. It was basically right? scheming. You know, we were planning on websites and all that kind of stuff. But 2015 was really when we when balls really started to move into into motion yeah yeah and we got that weird, but yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah that, that that's that's when it all kind of moved uh moved into motion uh for me i now now looking back at that time 2014 uh when the when it was just an idea and we didn't actually know what it was going to be i recently read uh the book with the great phil collins uh definitely uh recommend it to anyone uh one of the, the big things he said was who then what and now looking back at that, I see that we didn't know what the what was going to be, but what we did know is that us together could create something special. So um, now looking back, and I'm like, okay, it made so much sense when I was reading. That. I'm like, okay, okay, that that it, it's it's so clear. It made it really clear, and I think it's made it even more clear as we've gotten to a much bigger stage. Uh, the same principle still applies. 100%. You know, getting the people in is and making sure they are the right fit for us and they fit you know to our uh core values that's more important than you know trying to figure out what they're going to do 100 percent, couldn't agree more couldn't agree more and then just to touch on at that time as well in 2014 the the, the landscape of e-commerce was nowhere near what it was now i mean there yeah. was barely any shopify uh squarespace no, uh, wix none of those sort of like easy DIY website builders were around back then. We yep. had to contract it out to um, like an actual website contractor. So it was a completely different process. The barrier to entry, I would say back then was still not like, you know, starting a mining company or something like that, but it was probably a little bit higher now. Anyone can go off the street um, right now and, and sort of um, buy some blank tees from A's. Making a website was harder back then. Making a website was well, harder. Shopify has made it specific, very easy and square and all that stuff. Yeah. And yep. they only started to really you know, 2015, pop up 2015, 2016, 2016. Yeah. And we moved, obviously 2016 was what is more or less the elite 11 that everyone sees today. Yeah. Uh, but with just men's products because the women's ranges didn't really start developing until 2018. But if we wind back the clock back to 2014 and 2015, uh, what we realized, uh, elite 11 back then trying to, uh, grow through this wholesale market and wanting to do soccer kits and be very performance-based um what we slowly or quickly realized was there was a lot of work um but little reward in terms of you know going back and forth with soccer clubs dealing with people that uh this wasn't their full-time role so they all had uh you know their day jobs and then they would come in and then they would probably have some kids in the in the juniors and and it was very difficult for us because obviously one we were so young we were only 19 and they probably didn't take us very seriously and two 
you know, us having no experience with, with how to deal with these things, we probably came at it from a... We had maximal passion, but zero experience. Zero experience. So like we walked in the room, you know, you got your chest out. Oh yeah, we're a big fish. You know, we, were, we know what we're doing. Zero and experience. Zero experience. And we probably, you know, probably didn't go about it uh, as well as we probably could have. But I, I, I do not regret anything we did because I Definitely. think that, that really molded us into what we are today. Uh, but that also kind of led us towards, like we said, uh, to what we wanted to become. And we straight away realized we do not want to deal with this. We want to go towards, uh, well, not, not yet. We don't want to do this yet. We, yeah. are not, we are not cut out for this. This, we isn't, this isn't what we enjoy. It was a path of most resistance yeah. to our goal, which was actually creating a brand and, and, and an iconic brand. Exactly. And, and like if you wanted to be in the weeds uh, constantly and doing those sort of wholesale gigs, it was going to take you far longer than actually trying to create like a um, an actual iconic brand purely based on fashion and and being aesthetic. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it was a completely different realm to yeah. us, um, which we obviously pivoted into in 2016. Yeah. Um, I don't think we really need to cover off any of the actual clubs we supplied or any nah. of those stories. Um, I just know that back then, one <laughs> I reckon a dif- different difference between then the 2014, 2015, and now. The landscape in so especially social media, you oh. could we were quiet and so I remember there were specific periods that we didn't really post for over a week or two weeks. And ridiculous. And, you know, we would then pick it up again and then go and then stop and then go. And I think nowadays it is more difficult to like you need to be so active on social media uh to, you know, continue to develop your presence. 100%. Uh, back then like influencing, you know, was nowhere near as developed as it was now. Uh, but it was still very, you know, relevant back then, and you could seriously make some 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 conversions by. I felt like it, I feel like it was around, but no one actually knew, mm-hmm. and yeah. there, therefore, if no one knows, there was no means to monetize yeah. it. They didn't know how. They only got started monetizing it, cap- in what exactly. 2016, yeah. That sort of era. Capturing it was almost like a, a like a, a you know a secret that was kept between yeah. a select few. Exactly and, right. And obviously, over time, people started to. Uh, see that there was a bit of a gold mine there with influencing and and that's how you want to build if you want to build a a brand or you wanted to build a business it's a great way to get some organic exposure and obviously now uh, you can see that influencers uh, have make full-time work out yeah. of, of what they do you know yeah. basically uh, monetizing their attention because yeah. people obviously that's the, where the attention is now back in the day it used to be on television and uh, the news outlets there uh, and i can speak for many people our age when it comes to news I mean, I would rather listen to a YouTuber uh, or watch a YouTuber and, and hear what they have to say over, you know, some of the, the, the media outlets because exactly right. sometimes you don't know what you're going to get. Getting, you're getting potentially, we don't know for a fact, but you're potentially getting more pure, pure news. And then just touching on that, the creative, it's, it's almost become its own economy, I guess. Yeah. Like back, we're only talking five, six years ago here. That didn't exist. It has now been monetized and it's now its own economy within yeah. its own sector of the economy. Yeah. Obviously, it's a marketing sort of um, segment, but individual creators making, you know, solid, solid, solid wages uh, of this industry. I feel like it's only going to keep going into that sort of um, keep going in that direction even more as we go into the future. Obviously, being able to monetize yourself through a website through affiliate links, through um, potentially like uh, I know during COVID, it was all about the blockchain and doing all that sort of stuff. So there's only going to be more ways to, to um, you know, uh, get self-fulfillment out of that. Yeah. You know, if you if you want to tell a story or you want to create stuff, there's so much scope now compared or more than ever before than uh, to, to, to actually, you know, delve into that space. Yeah, exactly. And I think um, if... I'm looking at it as a lens of a business that has yeah. worked with so many different creators and I'm looking and trying to see, okay, well, what kind of advice could I give to a creator? I feel like the best form of advice to give to a creator, you don't necessarily need to be the one with the most amount of followers, but businesses will look to find the ones that have the best or the best engagement with their followers. And the, the what, in my opinion, the, the best way... The, the best way to find or to get that engagement is for one, the creator to be genuinely authentic because it's not going to be a chore for you to be authentic. Like if you're trying to put on a facade, 
it's going to be very difficult to be able to find an, an authentic crowd. You're going to you're going to have some people watching you, but good luck trying to keep them engaged for a prolonged period of time when you're not being yourself. 100%. And then once you do that, hopefully you're able to provide some value to those people. If you can provide value for those people, they will listen to you. So then if you're a brand and you see that that creator has that sort of audience, you instantly want to partner with that creator even if they don't they only got you know a couple thousand followers for you as the brand you know i'm getting maximal value out of this creator here and you want to continue working with that yeah yeah so i guess it's all based around connection with the followers that they have yeah um rather than the quantity i mean you can buy followers off the freaking street for a couple of bucks now i don't know how it works anymore but um back in the day you know you got you had you know big farms and people buying followers pretending they were influencers and stuff like that so uh, now it's more about authenticity and and you know collaborating with from our perspective collaborating with the right creators to um you know reach new people um that actually you know believe in something and want to be a part of a community and want to be a part of a story and a journey exactly that's that's sort of where we're touching on there, but we are digressing massively. We are. So we'll yeah. jump back I was onto genuinely the... about to say that I'm like, <laughs> we are really sidetracking here. Yeah. I, I don't know how long we've gone for, but I can see uh, the timer, but it's not too bad. It's not the too bad. the objective of today was to try and keep going on the story, <laughs> and we're just uh, yeah, we are we're, we are tangent we're people, that. which is good though, which is good because I feel like when you go on a tangent, you provide the most value. But let's get back to the um, let's get back to the e story, I guess. So um, 2015, 2016, 2016 Shopify launches. Uh, we made a store 2016 March it launches only with men's stuff men's trackies yep. men's hoodies um, and we, we didn't know how it was going to go immediately it popped off yes immediately pretty much from that time uh, joggers especially were just flinging out the door uh, and we were just experimenting we had no idea what we were doing but we just started experimenting with Facebook ads. Correct. That's that was the and two. That was they were that, the two Shopify yeah. and Shopify and uh, Facebook ads. Yeah, they were just oh my goodness. If you were if you were back back around making an ecom brand, yeah. if I could go back to 2016, oh man, yeah, well, it would be a different story. Yeah. It would be a different story because if you knew everything that you needed to do now to get you know new customers, customer attention, and you could apply that back then, oh. My God. If only. If only. Oh, my goodness. No, I agree. I agree. I, I, You look back and you think, wow, that time to, you know, to market digitally was almost a golden era from, oh. I reckon, even earlier, from 2013. Actually makes me angry. I'm like, <laughs> oh, my God, it's so cheap. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, crazy, crazy stuff because, like, you can hear everywhere around the world nowadays how much more difficult it is to, uh, you know, run paid media across all platforms, not just Facebook. Exactly. Uh, all platforms. And we were lucky to actually be a part of that industry. We, were. we weren't doing it properly and we weren't doing it to scale and we weren't scaling enough. I would say we could have scaled much quicker, yeah. but we were actually lucky to be around during that time. Correct. And I, I think timing, timing is a massive thing um, in terms of the, the, the success rate of a business uh, of a business. I mean, the, I think his name was Jeff Booth. He had a tech talk, a uh, Ted talk. Um, about you know the major um, reasons why you know large companies succeed, um, and by far and away the the most you know telling reason was the timing. Hmm. Um, if you look back at um, uh, automotive brands like uh, Ford, uh, General Motors, I think it is uh, Mercedes Benz, BMW, all those brands they were all made in a specific window of time. If you try and start it, a brand now a car automotive company against those guys, it's over. So like a a, a window opens and a window closes and then a window opens in another industry and a window closes. And and if you're in that window, you have way better chance of being successful as a brand, I think. Um, And and obviously there's anomalies there. um, But as a general rule, I think we were really lucky to be a part of that sort of... I agree. Facebook gold rush. um, And I I think we, we did... To an extent, looking back, obviously we did capitalize on it. Definitely uh, by by running ads, uh, we could have run them better. But you know, we we live and we learn at the end of the day. But we were we were super lucky. I reckon nowadays, if you want to try sell apparel uh, in this day and age, I think it kind of goes back to same, similar principles of creators uh, to really focus on telling the story. Yeah, uh, I feel like what I can see, especially with short form videos with TikTok and Reels, 
the brands that are performing best are the ones that are always giving their um, their daily vlogs, what's going on behind the scenes, uh, what happens in operations. Uh, it's it's really it's it's again comes straight down to uh, honesty and authenticity because good luck trying to you know sell a product nowadays or as some a piece of uh, a tea like we say all the time you know t-shirts or what we do is a commodity so good luck trying to do that brand new without having any history or any brand uh awareness and allowed the time just sometimes all you need is just a lot of time to let it develop and develop and develop for customers to you know to give it time for you to be able to show what your product is give your experience customers then to then Work through word of mouth, tell their friends. Yeah. And what we sometimes forget is we've been doing this since 2014, 2015. And it's almost, what, eight, nine years of just wrapping, me and you wrapping our brains and then getting other people to come in and wrapping their brains around uh, how we can build this and how we can offer the best possible experience. And yeah, it, it's, it's really, it's changed a lot. So 100%, 100%. Circling back around... Uh, that wasn't uh, Jeff Booth. It's Bill Gross. If anyone wants to uh, watch this oh, video, Bill if you want to start Bill Gross, if you want to start um, a company, I really recommend this TED Talk. It's uh, reasons why startups succeed, and that's the one where he goes through and he talks about the reasons, which obviously the major reason is timing. Uh, you want to be at you know the start of a rush rather than the end of the end of a rush. So um, I definitely recommend that one. Yeah, I think for us, what we found interesting was when we had that Facebook gold rush, uh, people don't understand that back then, I reckon almost, oh, it goes back, there's that rule, the Pareto rule, that 80% of your revenue or anything, 80% of, uh, for us, it was revenue would come from 20% of your products. Mm -hmm. And for us, it was one product, which was e-track pants for men that was genuinely dominating. I I reckon if we look back at the reports, it was close to 90% of our revenue um, for a good six to nine month period and we just kept re uh reordering it at to a point where we actually had too much exactly in right. stock where it was freaking oh there were thousands bursting out of our little 60 square meter uh <laughs> and you uh, know what's shed. even more crazy the fact that we were modeling him my short little stumpy legs was the one modeling him on the fb ads and that's how much of a gold rush it was that was crazy for me to be mm. able to model them with my legs me me oh, who who has nah, no photography experience Right, taking <laughs> photos of you. I'm done. Nah, nah, it's crazy. It's crazy. We did that now. No chance. No way. Absolutely no, no chance. Way. So, yeah, we we were super lucky. But, um, 2016, that's the launch. I mean, I just wanted to quickly give a shout out to a very important person who's been a part of the story, and they started to be a part of the story, especially in that, you know, 2015, 2016 time, like. Uh, uh, time span um, through those couple of years when we needed to get stock right we would have to go to the airport ourselves and pick them up yes and we did we had our mum's cars which were just four wheel drives but then obviously if there were five or six pallets to pick up we would need someone <laughs> with a truck <laughs> and you know where I'm going with this yes I do um, and so your dad had a really old truck um, at his work at his workplace and it was manual and neither of us drive manual because we're you know classic young people who don't even know how to drive manual we're the new young uh, folk. We're, we're the young folk that have just never learned um so who did we call we called none other than one of the greatest men who has ever graced his his presence at, at ee um and i'll let you sort of like give give the rundown on it because you're very close to this person but um yeah, yeah, yeah. It's none other than uh, good old Abuelo, my grandfather. Uh, still, to this day, works with us. He's in the warehouse cleaning, uh, trying to dictate uh, all all us younger people. So the guy's eighty eight years old, and uh, honestly, he's uh, he absolutely loves it here. We love having him, and and he enjoys it so much. But those were they. He used to help us. I remember. <laughs> You got at snapshots one, at, of it. Bro. At one point, we had the that truck. Well, I wouldn't call it a truck. <laughs> it, it was, was a like, truck, and it didn't go above sixty k's an hour. It was. It awful. was bang. And then at one point, I remember had, having to pick up about thirty boxes. No, it was more. It was probably nah, like it 60, yeah. 60 boxes. And there was, I remember, it was two to three pallets, and the boxes were <laughs> probably three meters up. And we were, and yeah. I was, I was, no, you were driving behind, and you were taking photos of the, um, 
of the making truck. Making sure nothing fell making off. Making sure nothing fell off on the freeway. Oh, my God. Because we had just loosely strapped them on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And oh. I went lodge driving with you and, and I'm in my oh, mum's car at the it back. Was, oh, that was dangerous. That was yeah. dangerous. But that was us back then. I remember we used to go to Qantas Freight, pick him up ourselves, and uh, we used to try... <laughs> And you know what that was for? To save the couple of hundred bucks delivery fee. That's what it and was. And you know what? I'm not sure if that was a reason for our success, but we saved a fair bit of money <laughs> going to pick up because Abuelo was right. free. We are. Right? They almost knew us there, Qantas Freight. Exactly. Like, oh, you're right. back, boys. Qantas Freight and Menzies. We used to just venture <laughs> venture off with Abuelo and he used to be raging about it as well. But it was so fun. If we can, we'll overlay some, um, some Snapchats some, yeah. and some videos of that time because they're some of the fondest moments I have, especially with, you know... Being such a young brand and, and being in and amongst it with Owelo, I, 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 I'll never forget those moments. They, um, they were nice. They were really nice. At that time, right, we were obviously, we'd moved from the bedroom brand that we were. We were, you know, sort of my house in, in, in a bedroom and we'd moved into um, like a small cannon storage facility, 60 square, square meters, you said. So that's where we were picking up the stock, taking it to Kennards. Um, and, and it was actually moving pretty quickly. Yeah, um, we were. Remember that, that point from 20, 2016 up until about mid-2017, we had one shed and then we got a second shed and then we ended up getting the third, a third shed. Yeah. And we were running along, I remember sometimes, because the, the process for us was gym in the morning. If we had uni or work, we would go to uni. By the way, another uh, background is Ben and I, Work together at Samsung. Yeah, uh, we used to do customer service there. So this is like, almost like a little side. So what we yeah. would do is obviously gym in the morning. Uh, if we worked at Samsung, we'd go to Samsung together, uh, and then after that we would uh, go out. I sometimes had soccer training. He would either uh, have hockey training, or if he wanted to, go back to the gym. Uh, oh man! And then um, we would meet again uh, after that around 9 p.m. and we would go towards the uh, the shed to to you know pack the orders, do the customer service, and and sort that out. But the crazy thing is sometimes during the, the busier periods or busy back then, uh, we would have to run back and forth from the three sheds. It was a shambles. It was a genuine, we would, uh, back then I would, uh, I would call it organized chaos, but looking back, yeah, it was a mess. Yeah. No barcoding system. We were also not the neatest of people. Like if I'm saying I'm anything about, neat, so. about how we used to do it, it was it was a bit of a bordello. It was <laughs> in the Italian language. It was just shit everywhere. It was just make um, it work. Let's and you just, know what? Let's just make it work. Yeah, we were growing so quickly that we needed more space. Yeah, and obviously, Kenneds they're, they're leasing out these spaces, so you can't just you know lease out a space anywhere. They're going to give you one in the other end, and then they're going to give you one uh, on a different story. Yeah. So you're going through these, trying to get the right stock, not knowing where it is. It, it, it was an absolute nightmare. So I guess like the year after some things had to change. Yes. Um, and one of those things was moving warehouses. And we decided to take the plunge and move into a, what was it, 250? 300. 300. 300 square meter warehouse for the first time, obviously. It was somewhat daunting, but... But for us, that was when it started to really feel real because yeah. that's when we went from, okay... Working at Samsung. Working at Samsung. Uh, I dropped out of uni. You just... Managed to finish you. You needed a degree. I crawled my way through. <laughs> you, you crawled your way through. And then uh, that's when it, it was real. We were there every day, uh, weekends, setting up. We absolutely loved it. But then it was just me and you. That was from, correct me if I'm wrong, 2017? I'm trying to remember the dates. So I think, I think. Um, was it 2018? So 2018, we dropped women's. If, Tw we, if we start there. It was 2018. 2018 we dropped women's. And that, was a, and that was a really big inflection point. Yeah. Obviously, because men's market can only be so big. And the women's market is bigger than the men's market because men don't buy as much shit as women. 2018 was our first seven-figure year. That was the year. Yeah. So um, 2018, we dropped women's. Massive, massive decision. I mean, I, I remember asking people and people were like, you sure you, you sure you want to drop women's? You guys know what you're fucking doing with women's? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know. But we'll work our way out. And, we, and, and we're lucky we had a really, really good circle around us to help us with that first yep. uh, initial drop. And, and we were really lucky to actually be successful with that first initial drop i remember it being you know the classic you know leggings and bras and stuff like that and they were just popping off um and that's sort of really what made us realize that we're, all right we have way too many SKUs right now to be remembering a mind map like sherlock holmes in these three kennard storage bases we need to get out of here asap 
and move into a proper warehouse. But even then, even then, we even then we, we were a mess. We, we were like, oh yeah, someone's like, oh you, you need you need these. I need to get these leggings. Oh yeah, sweet. It's uh, the the second last box, you know, <laughs> underneath the, the the three other boxes and but and only- the fuck. And the funny thing is, I almost swear I'm to change that to a funny. And the funny thing was, we knew where everything was. We did. If someone else came in, oh yeah, exactly what you were just saying. But every, if, every, if someone walked in there, you'd think it was like a, you know, what are those shows? Those storage shows where you walk in and it's like trash or treasure. You buy the freaking thing. You're like, what the is antique, in this yeah, yeah. joint? Um, now, I remember every single time we'd get one of our family members to come in and they're like, oh, guys, you're probably to the point where you need to start employing other people. Yeah. And then our biggest thing was oh, that they, they just won't know where everything is. Exactly right. They won't, they won't know where everything is because we were a shambles. But that's when we slowly started to, you know, buy some racking and get everything a little bit neater. The girlfriend started to get involved here. So they're like, guys, come on, let's start cleaning it up. And um, shout out to the two girlfriends who um, still work to, in the business and they're very heavily involved in what they do. Um, but that period from when we've moved into our 300 square meter was... Uh, a beautiful time because it was just me and you full time a table tennis table our desks laptops and uh, a warehouse full of stock and it was just two guys with uh, with some ambition to to continue building this thing and, and it this, was yeah this is how crazy it is and how much I think our competitive it's not like we're in competition with each other but our competitive general nature that we always want to strive to be better yeah. we used to play table tennis every day and we used to play grand slam five setters in that office and i took it that seriously we, we had a freaking uh <laughs> like we were mark marking the whiteboard to see who won and it was that serious that we good. would make each other into like grandmasters. It i don't know good. what they're called but we were we were genuine we weren't too bad at table tennis if anyone that. wants to verse us in table tennis i haven't picked up a racket <laughs> in a while but i'll dominate you yeah we're moving into our new <laughs> hq later this year and Ooh. we're bound to have a couple of table tennises you're, you're letting the secret out. oh 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 maybe cut that out oh no nah, no nah, leave it in there and I'll, i just won't remember what hq <laughs> big things big things yeah big things no nah, but um, they, they were beautiful times they were really good and e back then was slowly growing because we were developing the women's range yeah uh i remember early days us trying on leggings and i've got videos nah, yeah i don't, don't think we should we should show those but there are videos of uh, <laughs> us, us doing the us, squat us doing trying to squat squat test the leggings and uh that that was how we did you know kind of distinguish if they were squat proof or not <laughs> yeah and uh, obviously we'll go back and forth with supplies about fabrics and stuff but uh you know ultimately would come down to the squat test oh my God. and if the squat test worked then we're like yep sweet the thing yeah. is uh, when i used to squat test them i have such a big butt right <laughs> so if they were if they were fine with me because obviously the 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 friends and family had already tried them. Then we bring them in. We're like, all right, let's do the final test. Let's squat test these bad boys. I obviously, you know, was ordering the stuff, so I wanted to see it for myself. So you would have to freaking get the get your phone out, and make sure that we weren't seeing any underwear um, through these, you know, pairs of leggings. And you know what? I, I'm actually glad we did that because we made sure, and that was our way to do QC testing. Yeah, that was our own quality control testing, and it was free because, you know. You had a guy who obviously was about to order the products, cared about the brand so much, and made, wanted to make sure they were they were good. Yep. So there you go. Um, we we might overlay a video, uh, a video of us doing the squat test. Yeah, and girls, um, we apologize if you still think our leggings aren't squat proof. Please let us know. <laughs> <laughs> so we have, we have disclaimer. A <laughs> Means we failed. Um, disclaimer: I will start squat testing again because I've since stopped. <laughs> if they have if they have dropped off, I vow. To start squat testing again um yeah they were unbelievable years just to top that off they would they were so fun and i look back on those years so fondly but i mean that was 2019 2019 is shit hits the fan shit hits the fan we're growing at a really fast pace obviously yep. e-coms going bananas and we obviously are growing out of that 300 square meter warehouse yeah through i reckon 20 uh yeah 2019 was a probably three or four x uh, year for us and when we moved from that 300 square meter to i think it was double almost almost triple the space yeah and that's when you know our girlfriends really started to come help us out uh, our first official employee though the weird thing is our first official employee was not up until 2020 which yep. is just crazy to think because you shout know, out to renee shout out to renee we love you because we were we were honestly quite a large i'm not going to say large because uh 
you know, large can be interpreted as, you know, a multi, multi, multi million dollar business. But we were definitely, you know, we were heave hoeing. We were heave hoeing. Yes. And and the crazy thing is that it was just me and you with a bit of help from some mates and stuff that would come help uh, during peak periods where we had an abundance of orders to get out yep. and, and we needed that. But we tw- were very compact, very efficient, very efficient, very and, compact. And you know what we what I look back and I'm, what I'm so happy about is that we decided to take everything on ourselves yeah. and learn everything ourselves so that we didn't have to outsource. Outsourcing is, yeah. is a, in, in some cases, it can be amazing, right? Outsourcing can be unbelievable. But in other cases, it can be a waste of time. Yeah. Because like you having to outsource, it means you can't do it then and there and fix the issue or grow or order or do exactly. anything like that. So there's a lag and speed to market is obviously very important um, in the industry we're in. Um, and then obviously now that we are, you know, leading a team of X amount of people, we know all of those skills and we will never unknow them. Exactly. We, we know how to do, um, designing, ordering, marketing, photography, all that sort of stuff, financials, everything to actually, you know, empower people to then do mm-hmm. it without us. Yeah. Um, and I feel like us knowing it has just helped us drastically in in our pursuit of growth yeah really. someone someone actually asked me that recently they're like what would you give what was what would be your one piece of advice to people starting out now if they wanted to start a business and it was exactly that i kind of hesitated for a little bit and then i realized i'm like wait if you go ahead and you're the one that tries to uh, learn everything and fit it it's more or less it's not focused as much as i like ideas are great but if you're the one that's directly trying to fix the problems, you will learn how to problem solve. And I think the biggest part of why we succeed well is we love problem solving and we've always directly, you know, tackled every problem that we can get. Yeah. And, and it's the methodology behind the exactly. problem Exactly. And then that's once, once you get, you know, used to problem solving and you can see it slowly, like it's almost like they, they just compound over each other. Yeah. You know, you solve one problem into another, into another. And uh, before you know it, you've got this massive ball that's rolling and rolling and rolling in. And, and, you know, you create such big momentum. Uh, it's a huge flywheel effect. 100%. And that's what I would recommend to every single person starting off. Do absolutely everything. Outsource as little as you can. Um, I know, and it's so so difficult nowadays because you can get bombarded with outsourcing from everything, from customer service to marketing to, um, photography, to, everything, to every every single part of your business. But unless you go through that process yourself and learn it yourself, it's going to be so difficult to then realize now it's time to outsource. Now it's time to. I'm not saying outsourcing exactly isn't right. good. Um, it's just preferred to you know try find your, the the problems yourself. Yeah, and you. then and then you've only uh, as well. You've only got yourself to blame. Yeah. If the product you put out isn't the right product, if the photos you post aren't the right photos, it's on you. And I feel like that's a really good double checking mechanism to be aware of your current position in business. Like if I try and do it and it's shit and it's not up to my standard, then I outsource. Yeah. But if I can do it and I'm happy and I'm getting pro- progress and I'm progressing as a, as, a, as a young business, why not do it even more and, and remain efficient and remain with, with obviously a really low cost um, sort of strategy so then when you need it you can upscale way quicker because you have more of a war chest you've got more of a bank account to actually hire people yeah if you can be brutally honest with yourself and you know shit I might not be that good at X or Y if you can have that sort of humility which is very very we, difficult we had it with each other as well exactly so being like, by yourself would be a completely different story yeah, yeah. This, which is why like I, I, I would encourage everyone to try find you know partner my bob or you know your paz <laughs> yeah uh then you know you can obviously try like you said it, it helps you get speed to market yep. the quicker you can find these things the more likelihood of you being to make more mistakes and then error correct go again correct go again um and it works with everything it's not just you know us it's exactly right across the whole board and exactly. that was really a lot of what was happening in 2018 2019 up to 2020 yeah i mean we're still learning this whole process out ourselves with you know now that we've got uh, retail departments uh, we've got the marketing we've got the uh, product we've got creatives so for us you know trying to develop this it's it's a still a continuous learning experience and um, you never stop learning you're a scholar of the game you're a scholar, scholar of the business game but if we go back to 2020 uh, moving from that 350 square meter um, warehouse to that thousand square meter warehouse it was brand new I remember having a conversation with my dad he was like <laughs> 
you sure you need a warehouse that's, that's exp- that expensive? And I was like, look, dad, right? You're an old school guy. I love my dad. But he was trying to persuade me, find something a bit shit. Find something a bit old, you know, save 20 grand. No. We want the sexiness. We need sexy. Give us the sexiness. With sexy, you attract sexy. And brands are around that that sort of aesthetic appeal. So we moved into that. That was a massive risk. Back then, sitting there and saying, all right, this is whatever it was, a hundred and something thousand rental a year um, for that, you know, brand new warehouse. That was a big decision that we had to to bear and really look within ourselves and say, okay, can we take on this? And obviously we decided yes. And that was one of the best decisions we made because if we move into 2020, something really big happened, obviously, in the landscape of the world and econ and everything. Life ceased to exist as we know it and may, you know, never revert back to that, which was COVID, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were really fortunate to be able to stay online and not have to close um, because we were in a warehouse and we were doing e-com. So yep. um, we were ticking along beautifully. Yep. Right? We, we made the decision to move into the 1,000 square meter warehouse. Huge risk. Went really well. Still ticking along really nicely. And then a pandemic hits and we were like, oh my God, oh my God, what's going to happen? We were, I don't know. I can't remember exactly what I was thinking, but there was obviously some sort of reservations about the world back when it first started. Uh, now, you know, it's all good, but um, we were very fortunate to be able to work out in a very short space of time that it was going to sort of pop off for yep. the, for the e-com industry purely based on all the shops being closed uh, and the only problem we would really have is being able to buy more and service the demand. Yep. Really. Um, yep. When it came to when it came to ordering stock and growing and stuff like that. So 2020 comes around, we we decide to implement a um, WMS system. So that was a massive thing that we had to do. Uh, a massive, you know, three month process, barcoding everything, making sure um, everything in in the warehouse was accurate. That was a massive you know, step forward in, in especially creating a team that could actually run the operations behind the scenes, which now the team's doing an amazing job. I think we're one of the best operationally versed brands in the world mm-hmm. or in Australia or, you know, whatever. I'm, I'm so proud of those guys. So um, that was a big decision, but I, I feel like COVID itself was almost like a pressure cooker for these online brands. I mean, you went into that time and it was an unknown, quickly found out that it was just exponential growth. And yeah. I, I remember, was it, you know, tripling, doubling I, year on year? And we were already doing really well. But obviously, there's a law of diminishing returns when you get to that level. But yeah. it would just keep breaking ceilings. Yeah. I just don't know if in our lifetime we'll ever experience something of that same effect. Such a where weird time, man. Things were just going crazy. And what I look back at in hindsight, um, especially in our space, I'm going to, you know, just take it to e-commerce. I'm going to try just keep it specified to e-commerce, to, to e-commerce because, you know, we're in e- we, were in e- we were just e-commerce back then. Now yeah. we're a little bit different. But what I found now looking back is if you had this uh, a specific foundation beforehand, like you, everyone was going to grow. Everyone that had online and that was already set up online was going to go during that period. Yeah. The ones that grew the most were the ones that had already set up a good foundation in their business. Now I look back and I thought we had a good foundation. Could we have had a better foundation? Yes, we were we were young when this happened. Like COVID happened three years ago. Now what we're turning twenty four. So we were twenty four, twenty five. Like I would be stupid to say that we had the best foundation and we we optimized and we capitalized on every single inch of growth during COVID. Did we go during COVID? Did we do well to to facilitate that growth? Yes. The ones that did the best were the ones that really just had everything set up, ready to go. Because during that period, it was when, you know, lots of problems started arising. You know, how do we fix the warehousing up? How do we make sure that, you know, the experience is going? Can we can we fulfill all these amount of orders? Do we have stock? Uh, you know, like these, these problems that, again, come through growth, they're growing pains. But I just think um, the ones that had those ready to go were the ones that just outperformed everyone else yeah. the further along down that road of maturity maturity you were the more you were going to grow during that period yeah. just because there was so much demand for e-commerce that's what it is. maturity that's and you know right. what 
Yeah, maturity. And and you know what? After COVID, everything opens up. Just a disclaimer, there has been a reversion back to the mean. Um, obviously, people are now going out. And and if you think about it logically, less eyes are on screens. So the, the industry has changed again. Yeah. So it was pre-COVID, COVID, post-COVID. And, and they're all completely different worlds and, and all, all, you know, um, really rewarding and exciting in their own way. Mm-hmm. Um, some were a little bit shit socially, but um, they've been they've been different almost chapters of the brand. You know, you yeah, had that agreed. really startup-y, just us vibe. Then you had the pressure cooker environment leading into COVID and then COVID itself. And now there's that open up time where, you know, we now have the opportunity to start growing a really amazing team. And that's where we sort of started in the last 18 months. Yeah. Um, so. And I think what, what you said before that timing is, uh, well, timing isn't necessarily everything, but it is quite important. Like for us, our, our, we are very fortunate and we are privileged to be in a position that we are in right now because we experienced that huge, huge uh, jump during COVID. Yep. That has allowed us um the opportunity and the privilege to be able to manage so many beautiful people and try grow such an amazing team for us it's almost like a duty to a duty of care for them that we find ourselves in this position like we we strive so much to make sure we we provide a, a, a welcoming and engaging environment and to hopefully be able to provide that in the warehouse in the office at all our stores to then in turn be able to provide uh, a good experience for the customers for us, it feels like it is our duty to do that yeah. um, because I do not doubt that there is anybody that wouldn't want an opportunity like this and we just need to take it by the scruff of the neck. Exactly. And right. and I would encourage everyone that sees themselves in a good position to take that same mindset. Like, you know, we are all grateful. We are all very fortunate to be where we are. And yeah honestly uh, I, I i love every single minute of, of of what we do and and what we've created and i really do hope that we can continue continue doing it long into the future because like we said before now um, we do what we we find most fun exactly and, right and we have fun every day exactly right and that's the reason why we're starting i guess this pod. if we if we could honestly talk about so much more nitty-gritty stuff uh based on the history the, the eight years we've been together in business, but I, I feel like we've talked the house down and, and, and that's time to wrap up the last... I don't know. The weird thing is it doesn't even feel like we've spoken much about like the history of, no, of what we've No, we done. just got onto tangents. Which is why <laughs> it is good to try see if we can get some feedback from people. Yeah. Um, if, yeah. Anything, if you think we suck... If you think we tell suck, us. tell us. If you think we're good, tell us. If you want to hear more specific stuff based around what we think about, you know, sport, current affairs, macro, microeconomics, building a business, yeah. health and well-being, what do you morning want to, routine, yeah. anything like that, just tell us. What honestly. would you like to listen to? Do you like the business talk? Do you enjoy <laughs> talking about relationships? And we've got we've got plenty of. Uh, if we need uh, to bring our girlfriends in here and let them just fire bombs at us, and you guys can just listen to us getting absolutely destroyed, so be it. Working with your partner. We're quite good at that right now. So um, they wouldn't. They wouldn't say we are. No, they wouldn't. No. Um, no. If you got to this part of the pod, I think we should just say we appreciate you. Thank you so much for listening yep. to the first ever episode. Um, we can't wait to see where this goes. And 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 once again, um, yeah. Thank you very much. Um, I guess we'll see you in. Yeah, we hope. To, we hope to save you a seat in the next podcast. Yeah, we'll save you a seat for the next <laughs> one. Hey, that's a very good ending. All right, perfect.